What's up, everyone? I'm your podcast host, Chinat, and you're listening to the Hopkins Hacks podcast. Everyone has a unique journey of exploration at Hopkins, and our podcast puts your favorite faculty, alumni, and students in the hot seat to share their experiences and takeaways. We discuss the four key pillars of college life, including work, relationship, health, and play. This episode is the first in a three-part collaborative series with the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. We aim to give prospective and admitted students an insider's look at the Hopkins experience through some informal, candid conversations. Our guest for today is Ziomara, a current senior studying economics and political science. In this episode, Zio shares her perspective on her transition to college, including overcoming challenges as a first-generation student, connecting with the Latina community, and resources that helped her to make Hopkins feel like home. Let's dive in. So yeah, Zio, nice to have you on the podcast. Uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, all right. I'm Zio. I am a senior here at Hopkins, and I study economics and political science. Throughout the like four years that I've been here, I've been in matriculate, Hopdems, Olay. I was a part of the e-board for the Women's Network, and I am also currently the Daily Visit Student Coordinator for the Undergraduate Admissions Office. It's quite a big title. Wow, that's awesome. Can you share a bit more about what made you chose Hopkins? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a bit of a story. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even apply to Hopkins, but my aunt lives in Maryland and she said that if I applied to Hopkins, she would give me $100. And so <laughs> I did. And so wow, I did. $100. Yeah, I applied That's to Hopkins. And like without even like knowing the decision, but then I ended up getting in and I came for a Blue Jay Day oh, in wow. April 2019. Um, and... I think a big part of what made me want to come here was that it was just like a really sunny day and you know campus uh-huh, is like uh-huh. so bright and pretty. I bet, I bet. Um, and I also had a Latina girl walk around with us. I don't know, part of like going to college was very scary to me because I didn't know if I was going to be able to find people who were mm-hmm. more like me. Um, so when I saw her I was just kind of like okay like this is like a place that I can kind of see myself at. And at the time I wanted to do something a little bit more STEM heavy so I, I came here. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I think first impressions really make all the difference. And so, you know, having a sunny day and having somebody who you can relate to, being able to take you around campus is very useful and helpful. Can you tell me a bit more about what was your first day like actually at Hopkins? Like, what was that experience like? Well, I think I had so much adrenaline and just nervous energy <laughs> in my body that it is like kind of a blur. But I remember that. I think everybody had like a mandatory RA meeting Mm -hmm. and we went down there and she gave us candy and I got to meet everyone. And when people were talking about like, she said something like, "Um, tell us about yourself or like tell us a fun fact. I said something that I'd never told anybody before, which was that I used to go to El Salvador and as a toddler squeezed chickens. <laughs> and I remember I said that and I was like, oh my God, why did I say that? But oh. I was like so nervous. And then later that day, my roommate at the time, um, well, she's still my roommate, but my roommate said That's awesome. that her favorite movie was Lady Bird. And oh. so I watched it. And I was like, okay, like I think we can get along because it was a really good movie. Oh, that's awesome. Wow, it's great that you, so do you still share the same roommate? From yeah. The same here. I yeah. think that that's something that, you know, it's a feat to claim because yeah. so many people just go through their roommates and like switch every year. 
No, I think I really lucked out. Um, mm. Sigrid is from more or less the same areas I'm from. So oh, I'm wow. from like Northern Virginia and so mm -hmm. is she. We were able to meet the summer before and like have a day like just looking at different shops and stores and stuff. And even when COVID happened, when we came sophomore spring, we came back, we both decided to live again in Bradford and then we rented out an apartment and I still live with her. And I don't know, she's really cool. And I'm glad that I've had her as a friend this whole time. Was there any other particular memories or moments that really stood out to you? Oh, that first year, a lot happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you remember the mess that yes. was spring. But I remember uh, my first year here, I was trying to decide if I was still gonna be pre-med because I came in thinking, you know, I wanted to double major in bio and econ. But the more I took the econ classes and I had a class in anthropology, the more I was changing my mind and I was thinking that I really wanted to learn more about like humans as a whole and like the dynamics of power and things like that. Um, so I used to go into my RA's room a lot and just be like, oh my God, like I don't know if I should drop pre-med. And it came to a point where she just goes, I think you need to drop pre-med. <laughs> like, and I, she was right. Um, so after that first semester, I was no longer pre-med. And that was a pretty big shift because everybody in my family thought that I was going to be pre-med and like oh, end wow. up going to med school and like doing yeah. all that stuff. But obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, I think I can really relate to you there. I think that there is a common misconception here at Hopkins that a lot of us all just you know, pre-meds because the med school here is most popular. But the reality is that the Hopkins experience is way more diverse than that. And there is definitely a lot of different subjects and opportunities for different things to learn here. Yeah, and I'd say like social sciences here are awesome to study just because it is Baltimore and Baltimore is a pretty big city that has experienced a lot just in terms of like race history, economic history, you know. What was once like this huge industrial city is now, you know, what it is now and it's just so different block to block the way that people live and I don't know, I just really love studying that. Social policy especially in Baltimore was kind of my jam the first two years I was here. You mentioned that you had a great RA who helped guide you through the process of whether or not you want to study pre-med. Can you connect a little bit more about the story about how did you transition from being pre-med into studying more about sociology and what kind of potential mentors or resources you were able to leverage at Hopkins? Yeah. My first year here, I wasn't doing too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Everyone's not doing too hot that first year, especially with the COVID stuff. Yeah, the COVID stuff made it hard, but also I didn't really have anybody to talk to about kind of college at home. My parents mm. didn't go to college in the States, and I'm also from a low-income area, so a lot of people that I know just didn't go to university. So when I came here, I asked for help. <laughs> I was like, I remember having the advisor meeting and they were like, how do you think you're going? Like, how do you think classes are going? And I just went, I don't think they're going anywhere, actually. I don't know what's happening. And so they placed me with a study consultant. She was a senior anthropology major and she helped me figure out how to use Google Calendar <laughs> and helped me figure out how to like use my agenda and stuff and so that was really helpful academically and mm. I think a place to talk was also a pretty great resource for me. I needed to talk to people about just like the changes that I was seeing. I was suddenly surrounded by people who hadn't really grown up like me and I think it was really helpful to just have that in the library and just go and just like 
be a little sad. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think I can really relate to what you're saying here. During my first year, I also had a study consultant as well who was able to help me be organized with your learning, and which is why I think it's so valuable for us to create this podcast and have this conversation here, is so that we can potentially broadcast these kind of messages and our learning and our experiences to even more Hopkins students out there. Yeah, the transition to college and the workload is hard, and it's good to know that you can ask for these resources. So I know that right now you're really focusing on studying potentially economics and political science. Can you share a little bit more about what kind of factors or resources really helped you make that decision? I came into Hopkins knowing I wanted to do economics. I took AP micro and macro in high school, and I was really interested in the way the market works because the market is kind of everything in this country and also in the way that countries interact with one another. So I was really interested in that. I knew that is something I wanted to do. So I came in taking those classes, but political science was a little different. As I said before, I was a biology major, or that's what I wanted to be. And I ended up taking a class called Climate Change Treaties and Policy, I believe. And it was through the anthropology department. And that really helped me see the way that power dynamics, both nationally and globally, really affect the outcomes. So as we were learning about the Kyoto Protocol and all these other climate change initiatives that were not entirely successful, politics like that really started to interest me. So after that, I was like, okay, I'll just do econ and then I'll just take other classes in the IS or poli-sci department. And I took states, regimes, and contentious politics, oh, wow. I think it was called, with a SICE professor. And that was, I think, it for me. I was just like, oh. this is so cool and I wanna learn this. Is that your favorite class here at Hopkins? Actually, no. Oh, really? Tell me, <laughs> tell me a bit more about your favorite class. I think my favorite class so far has been, probably been ancient political thought. Hmm. Um, it, it was a political theory class, and political theory is like really where I love to be in political science. Not entirely because of the like subject, not mm-hmm. entirely because of the workload, but because the professor, I think, was somebody who really was very supportive of me and helped me get out of my shell. And and she, at the same time, I was taking a class on critical knowledges. So we were studying feminist new materialism. And I looked up most important feminist new materialists, <laughs> all those things. And it was that professor. Oh, and wow. I remember I was like, oh my God, like I found a niche that I really want to learn about. Uh-huh. So I went to her office hours and I just talked her ear off. Wow. And it was like the first time I'd actually like gone to office hours just to talk. That's Dr. Awesome. Bennett. Yeah, I'm curious to know as well, because, you know, a large part about the college experience is not only the classes that you take and the content that you learn, but also the relationships that you build throughout here. Can you speak to more about how did you manage to find your community here at Hopkins? What role has your clubs played in that? So I went to CIF Fair. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. CIF Fair always gets it for everyone. Yeah, CIF Fair. I think the first, like, steps that I took to kind of make friends in orgs were to join Matriculate mm-hmm. and to join Olay. And Olay is the Organización Latina Estudiantil here, and I am very Salvadorian. <laughs> <laughs> so I really I really wanted to talk to people who came from similar backgrounds, and so I made a lot of friends. I would go to their asadas that they would have, and there was once or twice when I went to ca- Cafecito Chat, which was, they're just open-ended questions that they pose, and like wow. people can go and speak. and. Through there, I did meet quite a few people that made me feel not so alone (laughs) and 
matriculate, I think, is probably where I made my most amount of friends, especially wow. in the spring. Um, I So matriculate is advising low-income, high-achieving high school students in their college process. Yeah. And I was a low-income, high-achieving high school student. So I was able to meet other students who, like, cared a lot about, you know, the equal opportunity there for mm-hmm. low-income students and met some students who had previously been a part of the program on the student side. Like I met this girl named Lucy, who mm-hmm. now I text every single day, and we hung out yesterday. Love her to pieces. And like we'd known each other before that, but then I knew that she was doing that program, and I knew that she was a student in it, and that definitely made me feel more comfortable like talking to her. Actually, I was also part of the matricula program. Oh, I remember, yeah. yeah. I think that's why we knew each other. <laughs> yeah, that's where we knew each other from. And what's super interesting was that actually, back in October, I was at a conference in computer science, and this random kid just walked up to me and be like, hey China, you remember me? I was your matriculate mentee. I was so utterly shell-shocked at that point. I was like, we haven't spoken in three years. How do you still remember me? But then turns out he took upon a lot of my advice. He actually managed to secure a uh, Gates scholarship to Bowdoin College. And what was super cool was that he actually took to heart my advice about majoring in computer science, and that's what he ended up studying as well, which is why we bumped into each other at a computer science conference. (laughs) So basically, he just took everything that I told him to heart. (laughs) And what's super fascinating was just seeing the impact that we can potentially have on students' lives through our work here at Hopkins and through our different services that we do here at Hopkins. It's just so heartwarming. Can you speak to a bit more about what are some of the most valuable connections that you've made? Yeah, um, I've made friends with people like Lucy, who like Isabel, people who lived in my hall, which would be my entire freshman year friend group, but also just people who lived like right down the hall, like my current boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I had actually met him in front of the all-gender bathroom. I think I also really try to connect with the TAs of my classes. So in states regimes and contentious politics, the TA was an Argentinian woman. And I was like, you're Latina, I'm Latina, let's do this. Like, mm-hmm. I have to go to your office hours. No, she made me a really strong writer and I love her to pieces still now. But yeah, I think that first year it was a lot of people in the halls, just people who were always around. Yeah, in fact, right now, my closest friend group is still people who are in the same row of the AMR2 dorm. Really? We all moved to the same like kind of apartment building and we still hang out at the same group. So, so definitely, awesome. it's these early connections that you build during these transition periods that really last you throughout your all four years. Yeah, no, they're awesome and have lasted. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, you mentioned that obviously your aunt paid you a hundred bucks <laughs> to get you into Hopkins. How else did your family handle your transition to college? How did they adjust? Did they help you in that kind of transition process as well so when it actually came to the application and like trying to figure out what school to commit to and all of that Mm -hmm. my parents were pretty out of it just because they they don't really know how the college system works in the united states but once i said i'm going to hopkins my dad said okay tomorrow we're gonna go visit (laughs) (laughs) he was very excited because i'm only about an hour away from home i live in northern virginia and he came here and i remember he like bought like a hat that said johns hopkins on it and he had a smile on his face and i remember him going we only got here in 50 minutes with no traffic this is great (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay but once i was here 
my parents, I do think, had a little bit of a hard time mm. being like, oh my God, my daughter is in here. I'm also I the know. oldest. I'm, yeah, the oldest daughter. So I also mm. have the Netflix password and all that fun stuff. So <laughs> I do get a lot of calls that are just like, hey, what's this information? Uh-huh. But after a bit, I think my parents are just like accepting with the fact that I'm in college, I'm trying to get my own experiences, I'm trying to be a little more independent. So I still call them and text them a lot just to mm. let them know what's up but they know that I'm not gonna go home every weekend or anything like yeah. that. We touched a lot about your first year with work as well as potentially how you can build and maintain your relationships. I wanna ask you a little bit more about like how did you manage your health? I know that you touched upon earlier a little bit about mental health resources that you've used such as APTT, but I was just wondering how were you able to prioritize maintaining your physical and mental health during that transition process? Yeah. Um, I think when you come to college, a lot of people focus a lot on, okay, like the rigor of school is going to change. They don't really tell you the rigor of school is going to change, but also nobody's really around to cook you meals anymore. Like my mom wasn't here. If you need anything, if you even need like emotional support, you're going to have to make a friend and you really have to put the work in to take care of yourself. So. I was having a lot of trouble my first semester trying to prioritize school, but also my mental health. Mental health and my mental health journey is something that I'm pretty proud of in these four years, but at the beginning it was really difficult because I didn't know who I could talk to about things, but I ended up going to the counseling center and they like hooked me up with a really awesome therapist (laughs) and was able to use Tilly. the emotional support dog, whom I love, and make some friends who were very like supportive of me and knew what was happening in my brain and were just there if I needed to just sit in someone's apartment mm. or sit in someone's dorm and just watch them play like Mario Kart or something. <laughs> when I was like sad or when I just needed to get out of my head a little bit. So yeah, I think I also just went to the gym <laughs> when I was bored. Because downtime is something that I think as a college student you're not really used to and you have to use it to really make yourself feel better and use it to your advantage. So I would go to the gym, I'd go on a lot of walks, I would read books, even if they weren't school related. Sometimes you just need to read something that's like cheesy, like a dumb romance or something. And yeah, that's really how I take care of myself. Just trying to make sure I have time to hang out with my friends and go out to eat and do all that stuff. I mean, I also use the counseling service and I think that there's a lot of stigma associated with it these days that frankly are unnecessary. But I'm curious to learn a bit more about your diet here. Like, how did you get food? Did you enjoy (laughs) FFC or did you just went out to St. Paul? Okay, so I will say part of the reason I said yes, Hopkins. (laughs) was when the Blue Jay Day that I was here, Uh they had um, a dips. And anybody who knows me knows that my favorite foods are always like chips and some sort of dip. And if you were to ask me my favorite one, it would be spinach and artichoke dips. So they had that and I was like, amazing. Like they're gonna feed me. I really enjoyed the FFC for the majority of that first semester. I think it was really convenient to just be able to go and get grab a bagel in the morning or go and if they didn't necessarily have hot food that you really like that day, then you can just grab a slice of pizza or grilled cheese and stuff like that. But after a bit, I do think you get tired. (laughs) (laughs) Just like having like the same general options. And I don't know if you remember, but like our freshman year, they had that big dessert table. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that thing was like, I used to go in there and I used to be like, yes, Rice Krispie Treat. (laughs) Rice Krispie Treat. That ice cream bar. Oh oh my gosh. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that anymore. I wish they still had that. It seems like it's gone now. Yeah. I really enjoyed it that first, like, semester. 
But after a bit, I did get tired, so I would just venture into Charmar. They have they had a lot of like frozen things that you could buy, so like pot stickers and things like that. So I would use that. And the farmers market here was also a big resource. We had. Were you a St. Paul street person? Oh no, unfortunately, <laughs> I was too lazy for that. <laughs> for honestly, for me personally, like food is equal to fuel. So I literally just grab food from the FFC and I take it to class and I eat it in the classroom. I would take oranges <laughs> and uh -huh. I would just peel them in my seminars and nobody would say anything. Oh. So I just kind of <laughs> eat them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I really ventured into Paul Street until mostly my sophomore year or actually my junior year when I came back and I had to live off campus. That's when I was like, okay, I gotta actually step out. Cause then back then there was like still like Bamboo Cafe. Oh, I used to love their soup. <laughs> oh, Hopkins is building a new student center. So hopefully, you know, there will be new cafeterias and food and dining options there. Mm -hmm. But you know, just back then we were able to get most of the food from within the Hopkins ecosystem. But I wanted to ask also, so the final part about having a balanced college life is also about play, right? Mm -hmm. So can you speak a bit more about some of your experiences with like fun memories and moments or what potentially you think that you'll miss after you graduate or like just college experiences that you're proud of? Yeah, so that first week, I think they had so many things for us to do. One thing that they had was a Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> that, that was like, I remember it was like August 31st. Uh -huh, it uh -huh. it like started at 11.30 p.m. And my roommate and I, my roommate is like a theater person. She's now president of the Barnstormers. But, oh, wow. Um, we, I asked her, I was like, do you want to go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Saw it in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I know that it's going to be fun. And... So her and our next door neighbors and the people in front of us and other people that they knew, we all as a group went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, in wow. the Ariano Theater. I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. And they like painted like a V on my cheek with purple lipstick and oh. I remember taking a picture. So that was like a really fun like first memory. It also helped me. I got to know like my neighbors in the hall a little better. Um, and like, I do know that it wasn't everybody's favorite experience, but I had a blast. And just recently, me and all my like freshman year friends went back to the FFC, Hopkins Cafe. <gasps> Most of us hadn't been there since sophomore year. Uh -huh. So we went and we, we brought like Tupperware and oh, we took oranges and stuff. I bet, I and bet it was like a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, it was so much fun. And we stayed there for, I think like two hours. I think we stayed oh, for the wow. whole dinner and just talked and talked about like things that we did freshman year and it was really nice. I feel like I don't really get to hang out with them as a group that mm. much anymore because we've all made new friends, we've all grown into new clubs and become a little bit of different people but at our core I think we all still get along really well and yeah, it was just I like really fun to do that. Yeah, that that is probably one of my favorite most recent memories. Oh, I'm curious to ask as well though, you mentioned that you'd go home maybe like once or twice a semester. Mm -hmm. So during other break times, where else would you go? What are the different experiences that you can travel to explore beyond the Hopkins bubble? So I have gone to wherever that Amtrak train can take <laughs> me. <laughs> so I've done a few trips to New York. Mm -hmm. um, I also visit my friends at other universities. So gone to Richmond, gone to Charlottesville, Virginia, and I do a lot of hiking, so the Shenandoah Valley is, Aww. yeah, I've taken my brother. He is also really into just seeing the night sky, so it's a very cool experience. I've yet to venture to the west, mm. but the east coast is like my home ground, so I have gone up and down it. 
how do you figure out how do you travel there from Hopkins? Do you normally travel with groups, friends? Like, how early do you book like tickets and stuff? <laughs> what kind of resources or ways can people learn about just traveling in general? Yeah, I think first of all, the Mark train to DC mm. is the first thing that you learn about when you get here. <laughs> I grew up like 10 minutes out from DC. So DC wasn't really what I was interested in. So I knew that we had a train station and I knew that like Amtrak ran through it. So I just put the app and oh. I like looked through what there was. And with my friends, I would be like, with my friend in Richmond especially, I would be like, I am free this weekend, mm. you free this weekend. I'd be like, yes. And we'd be like, okay. It's like in a month and a half, I'm buying tickets right now. You better figure out what we're gonna do because we are gonna hang out. <laughs> <laughs> And so I would just do that. And oh, a lot and of the times... Turn up in Richmond? Yeah, I just oh, nice. turn up in Richmond. And a lot of the times I would just go by myself. Mm. I would be visiting people from other schools. But yeah, going up and down the East Coast has been something that I wanted to do for a really long time. And I finally had the opportunity to do it. In terms of just Baltimore, though, I've also done a lot of exploring in Baltimore. Oh, wow. I love Mount Vernon. I love Fells. I love Fed Hill. All the neighborhoods, I think, you come in and you like know that they're there, but you don't really know what to do with them until you actually go and you're like, oh, there is really good ice cream in Federal Hill, actually. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Better so, than yeah. Charmory? Honestly, yes. Oh. And I will stand by that. Be More Licks. <laughs> <laughs> Be More Licks is... Um, a little harder to get to the purple mm -hmm. line you're gonna have to take the purple line but it's delicious it's soft serve and they give you so much more i'm curious to ask as well because you mentioned that you do like hiking so how do you learn about like how to get even, even get to like somewhere like shenandoah or spend a night there like how do you figure out all those logistics so i think i'm lucky to have a mom who works in the <laughs> hotel industry <laughs> so in terms of travel, my mom is just pretty good at letting me know where I can stay. My mom is like a bartender with Hilton, and she gets like benefits there. <laughs> um, but honestly, I've always heard of these things growing mm -hmm. up on this like the East Coast and like in Virginia, but I never really had the opportunity to do it because my parents would work the weekends, or if they didn't work, they needed to stay home and like clean or cook or take care of me and my brother. So we didn't really have a lot of time to do traveling. So it was just like a bucket list for me where I wanted to go to Shenandoah. So I did. I actually ended up taking my mom. So where would somebody even start? Like imagine I'm an international student. I want to go and explore additional national parks. I've heard of this country road song and, and it mentions the Shenandoah River thing. And I was like, oh, let me try and check that out. Where do I even start? Just know that it's in Virginia. <laughs> I think it's much easier to get there if you like are able to rent a car or know somebody who drives. But if not, I actually don't know how to get there because we probably just <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You know how to drive coming into college? Yeah. Coming into college, I had a car. So you still have your car with you right here and you, you take it around? No, she died. <laughs> oh, what happened to her? My car was a 2010 Prius. She, her name was Donna. She had like 200,000 miles on her. Like she was, oh. it, it was like already on its last legs when I got her. Do you use zip cars these days then? Yeah, I have okay. used zip car. I think it's more convenient if you have a lot of places to hit in like a oh, short yeah. amount of time. But yeah, I've used it, and I think everybody should at least get a membership or something, just in case, you know? Well, our time is about to wrap up here, but before we wrap up, we have a couple of quick fireside chat questions that we'd like to ask you, if that's possible. Oh, sure. So, 
the way that this works, try and reply as short as possible, probably like a sentence, first thing that comes to mind, okay. What's your mem most memorable Hopkins experience? Okay, failing a test. <laughs> if there's one thing that you can <laughs> go back in time to do differently at Hopkins, what would that be? Um, go to therapy earlier. What is one piece of advice that you'd give your freshman self? Save more money. <laughs> what is one undervalued aspect you think of the Hopkins community? Theater. What is one Hopkins resource that has the most profound impact on you? Study consulting. What is one habit that you have that has been most helpful for you? Cleaning my room regularly. <laughs> What is one book that you recommend that every Hopkins student reads? Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. Awesome. Well, that wraps it up for today. Thank you so much again for uh, coming on. <laughs> Do you have any final words that you want to share with our audience of potential Hopkins students or even just Hopkins students, current students within the community? Um, transition can be hard, even if you live close by. <laughs> The more time you spend here, the more you kind of grow into yourself, and it becomes way better. I agree. I agree. It's been better every single year for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for having me. Well, great having you, too. Have a lovely one. You, too. Thanks for listening. To connect with Zio and other current students, be sure to check out the Blue Jay Connection portal on the Office of Undergraduate Admissions website. See you soon.